BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. They are going crazy in Michigan as Junior is looking for the checkered flag. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is a hell of a guy. He's a guy that, that I look up to. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has won the Daytona 500 for the second time. Congrats to Junior. The world is right right now. Dale Jr. just won the Daytona 500. The Motor Racing Network presents Junior's Journey. Every time he comes by, the fans give a hearty cheer and a fist pump as Junior continues to lead. People adore him because he is just such a unique, real, down-to-earth person. I'm just a pilot, man. You know, I just want everybody to be happy. I want to do good. And, and uh, hopefully all of my dad's fans enjoyed this. This for all them. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Susie Armstrong. Welcome to Junior's Journey, a walk through the life and driving career of NASCAR's most popular driver, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I'm Susie Armstrong. Junior has driven the number 88 Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports for a decade, but many diehard Junior fans remember when he drove the number 8 Budweiser Chevy for Dale Earnhardt Incorporated. His choice to leave DEI for Hendrick in May 2007 remains to be one of the biggest decisions of his career. Sister Kelly Earnhardt Miller says the transition was long coming, given that DEI wasn't the same place after their father, Dale Earnhardt Sr., was gone. Um, you know, our dad was sort of the glue that held all that together and, and made all that happen. It's sort of like, you know, in your family when you've got the grandparents still living and everybody heads over to the grandparents on Sunday and then something happens to the grandparents and everybody sort of disperses on their own. That was That's kind of how I can, you know, let people relate to it is that you know once dad was gone it was like okay you know we're we're here where are you family (laughs) um and you know dale and i've we've shared a a really close bond all of our life and and so we were certainly there and we just never could you know get her on board with that um i just think it was just that sense you know they he certainly found a father figure but i think just in general you were just looking he was looking for you know, everybody to be all in and that family and, and we were all going to do this together and it was never, it was always like we were all on two different roads, you know. Former DEI crew chief, Slugger Labby. Well, you know, the sport in general changed when Big E passed away and, you know, uh, the family side of it, I can only imagine what the family went through, you know, losing their dad and, and the mom took over, uh, Teresa took over and she had leadership people helping her make decisions and Obviously, Dale and Kelly uh, didn't get along very well with Teresa, so you know I think Dale made a decision to leave. Uh, I, I'm surprised that you know he never owned that organization, like bought out Teresa and became Dale Jr. Motorsports back uh, years ago. But you know, obviously, we all know it's Dale Jr. Motorsports of today. But why didn't it happen ten years ago? Retired crew chief and Fox analyst Larry McReynolds. Probably no one but Dale Earnhardt Jr. truly knows how tough and how big of a decision it was to to leave Dale Earnhardt Incorporated, a place that he knew that his dad had built probably more for anyone than Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s future in, in the sport of racing. 
Uh, and I know it had to be very tough, but I think Dale Earnhardt Jr. had reached a point where things were not going well over there, uh, especially on the business side of things. And I think he felt like that he just needed a change. He just needed a clean sheet of paper. And you know what? I can relate a little bit because one of the toughest decisions I've had to make in my 58 years of living was to leave Robert Yates Racing at the end of 1996. But because of so many things that had went on at Robert Yates Racing, nothing that that anyone did on purpose, but, you know, losing Davey Allison in the helicopter crash and Ernie getting hurt in 1994 and missing the whole season, I just needed a fresh start. I just needed a fresh change. I needed that clean sheet of paper, and I think that's what Dale Earnhardt Jr. needed headed into the 2008 season. Dale Earnhardt Jr. again falling to the rear of the pack. He cut a tire earlier this afternoon in lap 20, lost the lead lap, battled back, and because of a caution flag, got back on the tail end of the lead lap, and now the car sounds way off pitch as it comes by us. Well, Dale Earnhardt Jr., the Budweiser Chevy, going to bring it to the pits. It's under the hood. It's an engine problem. No noise. The engine has been shut off. The crew goes up under the hood, so it's not looking good right now for Dale. And now he fires the engine up on the car, able to fire it up, and the crew looking around, diagnosing the problem. It looks like it's done. They just give the signal. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has blown the engine. He's done today here in California. They're going to roll it back to the garage area. Marty, that's another one of the guys we yep. talked about early on this afternoon in a hole already. Junior had a 32nd place finish in the Daytona 500, and he's out early here today at California. I think we broke a motor. Uh, just, uh, you know, started to uh, lose a lot of power there and lose a lot of oil pressure, and we tried, we stopped to stop before it blew up so the guys can look at it at the shop and try to figure out what it's, what's going on so we don't have that problem when we uh, go to Vegas. Unhappy with resources at DEI, team performance over the last few seasons and his relationships with team executives, Dale Earnhardt Jr. announced on May 10th, 2007 that he was leaving the company. We're here today to talk at last uh, about my contract at DEI. Uh, I've told you all season long that when we have something to announce that we would announce it, so we're calling this press conference here today to announce that after a year of intense negotiations and intense effort on behalf of Dellen Hart Incorporated and JR Motorsports that we decide that it's time for us to move on and seek other opportunities to drive for a new team in 2008. We both worked extremely hard to find common ground, but as the negotiations continued, one thing became evident. We both want to be and get to the same place but we both uh, simply have different visions on how to get there. Because DEI means so much to me, I feel that it was best, best now for both of us to start focusing on our future so that we both can come out of this successfully. However, at 32 years of age, the same age as my father was when he made his final and most important career decision, it is the time for me to compete on a consistent basis and contend for championships now. Longtime associate Mike Davis reveals how learning of Junior's announcement resulted in just one feeling for the third generation driver. There was a lot of anxiety and he knew what he wanted and he knew that part wasn't was that was not causing the anxiety. It was just the leaving DEI part and how this whole process would go and at the time Max Siegel was at DEI and he was superb. He was such a good guy. 
and uh, easy to get along with, easy to talk to, and so that made it very good uh, as far as the transition. But that was a very uh, tense time because Dale had to go to DEI, stand up in front of the company the day we were making an announcement, uh, letting them know what he was doing, his decision. And that's not easy. In fact, if you go back and look at some of the most difficult times Dale's had over his career, standing in front of Dale Earnhardt Incorporated and all those employees was very difficult for him, very emotional. We did the press conference here at Junior Motorsports. We'd never done anything like that here at JRM. I'd just been hired not too long before at JRM. I'd been with the Budweiser agency up until that point, and it was, you know, it, it was not necessarily an enjoyable experience telling people that you know, we're leaving DEI. We did not know how that would be received. We had no idea. I remember we took the press corps. This is a, something that we had decided the night before. We took the press corps, like the nine, there's nine or 10 of the NASCAR uh, you know, media that we pulled up into the office about a half hour before the press conference and told them in advance just to, I, we didn't know if the blow needed to be softened a little bit and just say, look, this is what I'm about to, Dale just said, this wasn't an on the record interview or anything. It's like, you know, put your reporters away. I want you to know right now, before we go make this announcement, I'm going to be leaving the company and it's a decision that I've made. And I wanted to tell you guys first and tell you why. And I wanted to tell the, you know, I wanted you to know, um, that you know how difficult this was for me but how how confident how confident I am in my decision and so that I don't know if that helped I mean everybody sort of understood I think it was received well enough but we were glad when that day was over that that, that day to announce that he was leaving but then once that happened uh, it was another whole type of roller coaster on where would Dale go and that was an, you know I can't remember exactly how what that time period was in between the the decision to leave DEI to the decision to go to Hendrick Motorsports, but um, it was quite, there was a lot of speculation going around. Veteran MRN pit reporter Winston Kelly recalls that he wasn't surprised at all by Junior's decision. Yeah, he wanted to be in a situation that was better for him, and I'm not going to get into the whole my perceptions of how DEI was at that particular time. I believe that he wanted control over DEI not because he wanted to control it, but because he was all in. Uh, and he, and he, he wanted to maintain DEI's legacy. But I think there were things behind the scenes. I do not what that, know what they are, have my perceptions. Uh, but you know, I wasn't surprised that, you know, they're knowing how difficult things were at DEI during that period of time. I'm probably more surprised that he stayed there as long, and that, that shows me how committed he was to his dad's legacy. And it, it got to the point he needed to go do something else for his career uh, and, and then did that. The challenge was on after that to recruit the young free agent. Four-time champion and future teammate Jeff Gordon believes that he's never seen anything like it in the sport. Yeah, oh, I, I mean, I, to me, the impact, because I... I I'm very close to Rick Hendrick and and an equity owner at Hendrick Motorsports. To me, it was this this almost like a bidding war of who was going to get Dale Earnhardt Jr. He was so popular. Sponsors were standing in line to 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 want to sponsor that car wherever he went. 
and there were several teams that were really going after him in a big way. So to me, it was it was a frenzy of who was going to get Dale Earnhardt Jr. And I've never seen that. I've never never experienced that. No driver in in the time that I've been in NASCAR did I ever see him being that sought after uh, and and sort of swooned in the way that that Dale Earnhardt Jr. was. As promised, Junior held another press conference one month later on June 13, 2007, this time to announce his new team alliance. We talked with many teams, but one stood out above the rest, and it becomes apparent it became apparent to me that the man it became apparent to me the man I wanted to drive for. I've known him since childhood. He competes with integrity, and most importantly, he wins races. I feel like this decision will give me that opportunity and hopefully I can give my fans what they expect and deserve and have a whole lot of fun along the way. And so today, it is with great honor to introduce my new boss for 2008, Mr. Rick Hendrick. New boss Rick Hendrick was just as excited to announce the partnership. It is a wow day. <laughs> this is an awful special day for me, both from a personal standpoint and a professional standpoint. Um, you know, in my whole racing career, this day is going to go down as, as, as one that, uh, that I, I'm, I'm still having a hard time believing that we're, we've, we've got it done and it's happening. And I, it's just been neat to see what they've built and uh, what he's created. And uh, we, want to be, we want to add to that. We want to uh, try to give him the best equipment that we can and uh, there are a lot of other things that we plan on doing together and uh, I'm just going to enjoy the relationship. Again, it's, it's not just professional, it's personal, but from the professional side, I feel the pressure. I felt it when I drove in here today uh, and uh, I know I'm going to feel it when we show up in Daytona. I, I think when you have multi-car teams, you try to get the, my job is to get the best talent out there and um, you know, I've, I want to protect the brand, I want to protect Junior's image and who he is, but I want to give him the best stuff, and uh, he's going to have to beat those guys anyway. They're going to have to beat him anyway, no matter if he's with our team or somewhere else. So once they get on the racetrack, it's kind of everybody for themselves. MRN announcer Alex Hayden believes the move away from DEI to Hendrick made perfect sense for Junior. Not surprised on that move to, to go to Hendrick Motorsports for multiple reasons. Number one, Rick Hendrick at that particular moment in time in Hendrick Motorsports was head and shoulders, the top team. Uh, there was already a relationship there with Rick Hendrick. Uh, obviously, after, after Dale Earnhardt passed away in 2001, Rick Hendrick stepped up and, and basically took Dale Jr. under his wing. So there's a, a personal relationship that was already in place there. They somewhat understood each other because of tragedy. With Rick Hendrick losing his son, Ricky, in, a, in the plane crash there in Martinsville, Virginia, uh, along with a lot of other folks. But they, they had this bond and they had this relationship. It didn't hurt that they were already the best race team in the garage area as well. And, and given the fact that, that DEI, Dale Earnhardt Incorporated, as an organization and as a race team, was on a downtrend. There's no denying that. That team was on a downtrend. The, the direction for the future of DEI was very murky and very cloudy, whereas, I mean, it's, it's nothing but roses and, and rainbows and, and gold-plated windows and everything else that you can think of to describe what was going on at Hendrick Motorsports and the personal relationship. Not a surprise at all to see him go. 
Larry McReynolds agrees and adds that the union had benefits for both. Uh, he needed, he just needed a fresh start. And you know what? I think Rick Hendrick is what Dale Earnhardt Jr. needed. But uh, quite honestly, I think Dale Earnhardt Jr. is what Rick Hendrick needed. You know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. had lost his dad. Rick Hendrick had lost a son. Now, not that anyone could replace Ricky Hendrick or could replace Dale Earnhardt Sr., but I think they, they kind of needed each other, and I think the timing was perfect for him to make that move to Hendrick Motorsports. Former PR representative for Dale Earnhardt Sr. and Dale Earnhardt Jr. and current business partner, J.R. Rhodes. Uh, making the move over to Rick was you had somebody that you knew 100% was behind you that was going to support you and had the confidence in everything you did and also would listen to you when you gave an opinion or when you had a care or a thought. He didn't have that the last couple of years over DEI. It's unfortunate that he didn't. But he went to Rick and, hey, Rick, what do you think about this? Well, let's look into it. Let's do it. If he said that two years earlier, it was like, yeah, okay. And it was just being ignored. So I think he felt more of a team member, a team leader over there. Um, he enjoyed the uh, camaraderie with all of the other drivers, getting to know Jeff, getting to know Jimmy, um, getting, to, getting to know all the crew chiefs and the engineers. Those are all the things that were fresh and new to him because all he ever knew was DEI before that. For 10 years, all he ever knew was Tony Jr., Tony Sr., and the guys that we had working there. So this is a completely fresh new outlook for him that I think opened his eyes and realized that um, there was a lot more to what he was doing and he felt the success would be there and just the, the direction of the company as a whole was going in the right direction. I think that's really helped. MRN Radio's Winston Kelly. You know, I actually emceed that press conference when they announced that he was going to go there. And when they called me, Dale's folks, and asked me would I come do that, I said, sure. And then I started getting calls from people wanting to know, you know, what's going, what's the announcement tomorrow? I heard you're emceeing it. I said, I don't know. Said, what do you mean you don't know? You, you really, I, No. They'll tell me when I get there. You know, I didn't know till I walked in the room where they did a – a discussion before and Mr. Hendrick was there. It's like, okay, I get that what's happening now, but I didn't know, you know, I'd heard the rumors like everybody else, but you know, so I guess it, the timing worked out well for him to go to that particular organization. And with Rick having lost Ricky and Dale having lost his dad and, and Dale having raced for Rick Hendrick back in the eighties and with Robert G uh, his father-in-law and Dale's grandfather having built many of the cars that he raced in the in what was then the Bush series it became a natural for them to to be together uh, and it certainly has worked out over the long haul for both of them Mike Davis muses that if the move happened in today's world of social media the reaction might have been very different you know I've often wondered what that would have looked like had the age of Twitter and social media had been uh, already existing when we did that. I don't think it had been. So we didn't have to put up with that whole level of anxiety. But the fact is, is from what we could tell, it was received pretty well. I mean, listen, it was pretty well documented, the issues that he was having at DEI. It wasn't like that was a mystery. It wasn't like, I mean, they brought Max Siegel in and you know a couple of his guys to really try to make that work and uh, obviously there was some you know just not much of a relationship between Dale and Teresa and so that wasn't a surprise to anybody and so for the most part I think it was pretty pretty much received okay not that it didn't you know hurt a little bit I mean it, it, it was difficult for us uh, and, and for Dale but 
I think it was received pretty well, if I remember correctly. Um, I don't remember a whole lot of people, you know, giving him a hard time about it. Certainly the media understood. The people inside the industry understood. I don't know that they were even that surprised, to be honest with you. Dale Jr. recalls that one of the main reasons he chose Hendrick was the desire to compete for championships and to thrill his fans. You know, like I said months ago, I feel like over the years I've, I've sort of haven't been able to give them what I feel like they deserve, and I want to get them on their feet more often than I do. And uh, I'm trying to make those decisions not only for me, but to make that happen, you know. So uh, I think that they'll find a lot of things to get excited about in the future. When asked about his new teammates, in particular longtime family rival Jeff Gordon, Jr. acknowledges he can't help where he came from. Nobody's sitting down at Talladega Barney. Dale Earnhardt Jr. to the inside, Jeff Gordon to his outside. They are wheel to wheel at Talladega for the point. Back into the trial, Earnhardt Jr. has the inside lane covered, got a forward pushing from behind, and they're leaning on one another. Big puff of smoke as Earnhardt Jr. pulls out in front. Jeff Gordon and Kurt Busch now side by side in turn one. I'll still have that in me just as an Earnhardt, you know, to, to beat Jeff Gordon. That's always been there in the sport, and I think that'll continue to be there. And I think we can be, I think that you can have that kind of rivalry within Rick's program, within his business, and it still be healthy. Seven-time champion and teammate Jimmy Johnson believes that Junior's melding with the team brought new relationships that ultimately strengthened Hendrick Motorsports. You know, in the beginning, it was, uh, you know, Dale and Tony Erie Jr. and Sr. Um, you know, it was very much what you envisioned the, um, you know, the DEI kind of team and, and concept to be. And it was great to work with those guys. I've, I've always been friends with them, but when you're on competing teams, the friendship only goes so far. So to get to know all of them so well was, was a lot of fun and, and really cool. And then, you know, as time goes on, things have moved around. Dale came into our shop. I was able to work right beside him and uh, get to know him on a far deeper level. And, uh, you know, just have been in, enjoyed the process. Um, he, Dale and I had a friendship in the beginning. And, uh, you know, it, it turned into, you know, a, a deep friendship and a great working relationship. And, uh, you know, the, the, his time at Hendrick is, you know, selfishly for me, it, it's, it's really uh, kind of cultivated a, a great friendship that I, I'm most proud of. And his support of me in the shop and the racetrack and working together and extracting speed out of cars um, has been largely impactful for my career, but kind of comes secondary to, uh, to the relationship that we've built teammate Jeff Gordon. Well, I, I mean, certainly, you know, Junior brought a lot of attention. Uh, he brought a lot of sponsorship and, and you know, brought a lot of knowledge. You know, I mean, if you look at what he did when he first came in the sport, I mean, very successful, won a lot of races, came close to winning a championship. And, and so I think, you know, anytime you can bring somebody like that on board, it's, it's especially, I think I looked at it as the super speedways, I mean, what he did on at Daytona and Talladega, very similar to his dad. I wanted to know, you know, pick his brain, um, you know. But but he, you know, it was it was cool being his teammate. Certainly, there were a lot of struggles with the fans trying to accept him coming to Hendrick Motorsports and and being my teammate, being Dale, uh, Jimmy Johnson's teammate, and uh, and yet. The way he embraced it and the way he committed himself to you know, driving 
at, at Hendrick Motorsports was impressive. Gordon jokes that once Junior arrived at the shop, the attention shifted from Johnson and himself to the new teammate. Yeah, I think what, what me and Jimmy would laugh and say, just took a lot of pressure off of us. We, 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 we knew that if we wanted to get places in the garage area, just wait for Dale Jr. to walk through there first. Uh, uh, you know, and that was always the case, but him being your teammate, what happens you go to a press conference or or to a, a, a media or a sponsor function, and you always knew that the most attention was going to be on, on Dale Earnhardt Jr. And, and that might be a, a bit of a, of a blow to, to some drivers' egos, but for, for me and for, for Jimmy, we're totally fine with it. Johnson declares that his friendship with Junior may have started long before they were teammates, but their support for each other has grown over the years. Yeah, the friendship side, I'll go to the first time I met him. Um, met Ron Hornaday. He was prior to living on his couch. He, uh, he said, hey, why don't you come to the Daytona 500? I've got a condo and my son's coming and Dale Jr.'s coming and you know, I'm just going to show those guys around and that worked and I think I think Ron was in the ARCA race himself. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll go watch a race and hang out and get to know these guys. So I met Dale there. He borrowed a belt from me that he's never given back and I always harassed him about it. He had an event to go to with his dad and didn't have a proper belt for slack so I had to loan him a belt. And, uh, you know, our, our friendship started then, but, you know, honestly, through the years of, of us racing at different teams, it's just tough to get to that deepest level of a friendship or a deeper level of a friendship. And uh, we had a few run-ins that didn't turn out so well on the track. It created friction between the two of us, but we've always found our way through it. And then being teammates has just, you know, made it all the better. Many fans ask the question, as they have with Junior's major decisions since 2001, what would his dad think of leaving the family company? Alex Hayden comments. I, I think if Dale Earnhardt was still with us today, and I still think Dale Earnhardt Jr. would have gone. And I think, I think Dale Earnhardt himself would have told Dale Jr., you've got to take this opportunity. It's the best race team. No question about it. And again, this is ifs and buts. We don't, we don't know. But based off of the way things were at that particular moment, yeah, I would, I would think Dale Earnhardt would tell Junior, you, you've got to do this. You've got to make this move. Just like, uh, just like Dale Earnhardt himself did. He had to make a couple of changes in his career, finally landing with his longtime good friend Richard Childress, and you see what they built together. So uh, they, they went on to, to, to do great things, but that didn't just happen unless Dale Earnhardt decided to make a change in his driving career, just like Dale Jr. did. Jr. recalls that Rick Hendrick and his father already had a good relationship which made the decision a little easier. I know my dad would trust, uh, I know my dad would trust Rick. You know, they had a great uh, amount of respect for each other, known each other for a long time. And I know dad would appreciate what Rick's trying to do and what he has done for me up to this point, what he will do to, with me in the future. Uh, what he, you know, his, his approach and, and respect for my sister and my family. Um, I know Dad would appreciate that, and, and uh, he'd probably be a little jealous. Larry McReynolds declares that out of all the comparisons between father and son, Junior has never expected himself to be like his dad. I've felt sorry many times for Dale Earnhardt Jr. because I think so many people, whether they were a fan of his or a fan of his dad or just a fan, 
always tried to compare him to his dad. And I think that was so unfair to Dale Earnhardt Jr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has, to my knowledge, he's never said, I want to win a Daytona 500 like my dad did in 1998. I've never heard him say, I want to win a championship like my dad did seven times. I've just never heard those words come out of his mouth. I've heard him say, I want to win a Daytona 500. I want to win a championship. But I've never heard him say, and maybe he has and I just was not privy to it, that I want to do something like my dad did. You know, I think he he idolized his dad. He respected his dad. He loved his dad. But I think the one thing that he has always tried to do is, is be Dale Earnhardt Jr., not Dale Earnhardt Jr., Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s son. I think he loved being Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s son, but he didn't want to to imitate what his dad did and what his dad stood for. I think that's another thing that kind of gave him that clean sheet of paper to separate himself when he made the move from Dale Earnhardt Incorporated over to Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, People still looked at him as Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s son, but maybe not as much since he was not driving a Dale Earnhardt Incorporated car. After all of the talk, predictions, and anticipation, Junior's career at Hendrick got off to a great start. Junior's playing defense. He crosses over, blocking Jimmy Johnson. He's in front of the pack. Coming to the line, Dale Earnhardt Jr. wins the 2008 Budweiser shootout, scoring the first victory in his tenure at Hendrick Motorsports. In his first outing under the Hendrick Motorsports banner, Junior shined during speed weeks at Daytona International Speedway, winning both the Budweiser shootout and Gatorade duel. As the series swung north to the Irish Hills, Junior brought fans of the number 88 to their feet once again. And I think they're getting ready to tear the grandstands down here in Michigan. Here's Dale Earnhardt Jr. off the end of the back straightaway. White flag and caution flags flying. Junior is on the apron of the racetrack. He is headed back to the checkered flag at Michigan. So far, so good. He's under power. Matter of fact, he is accelerating off of turn number four. In his 15th start for Hendrick Motorsports, finally, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is going to score a points-paying event, winning the LifeLock 400 here this afternoon. Can't wait to hear what he thought about his chances had the caution flag not come out. You know it was close. He comes across the line and scores the win. Jr. was consistent over the next several years, scoring double digits in top fives and top tens. For Jr., one of his greatest achievements at Hendrick came in February 2014. Here they come for the final time up the super stretch. Who will win the Daytona 500? Dale Earnhardt Jr. at the bottom of the racetrack. Throws the block topside. Throws the block downstairs. Dale Earnhardt Jr. leads to three. There comes Brad Keselowski in the outside lane. Denny Hamlin to the bottom. They're three wide further back, but at the bottom of the racetrack. It is all Dale Earnhardt Jr. as they crash now off turn four. Here they come, racing back to the start-finish line. Dale Earnhardt Jr. throws the block on Denny Hamlin. Across the line he comes, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. has won the Daytona 500 for the second time in his career. Winning the Daytona 500, always kind of wanted to leave some kind of mark here. Jimmy Johnson's got him all over the place. Uh, he's marking up this joint left and right, but yeah, I wanted to leave something, some kind of mark that somebody would know I was here. And uh, when we won that Daytona 500, that made me feel good about my impression on the, on the company. Junior would go on to win four races in 2014 and three in 2015, giving his fans exactly what he said he would, a reason to get on their feet. 
Join us next week as we continue Junior's journey with a detour to life off the track, exploring his interests in preserving NASCAR history, the founding of Whiskey River, and much more. Until then, I'm Susie Armstrong. Junior's Journey is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Junior's Journey is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak.